You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member? For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Today in sports betting for Friday, July 1st. Happy Canada Day to all our Canadian listeners out there. This is Sports Ethos Presentation, and I'm your host, Doug Reed. You can find me on Twitter at Doug underscore Reed34. If you haven't already checked out our Sports Ethos site, I suggest you go to sportsethos.com. You can get our articles, our litany of podcasts, and information on some of our subscriptions. I'm part of the Wager Pass group, running for 15 bucks a month. You can get handicaps in all of Major League Baseball, uh, a lot of tennis handicapping for the summer. And when we heat up in the fall, we get a lot of football and back to basketball. Basically, all the sports, the major sports, throwing some tennis, throwing some Aussie rules football, and lots of information for a great price. Also, we've got a couple of handicappers who are doing quite well. If you're a tennis fan with Wimbledon on right now, I suggest following on Twitter, Fish Fisher, that's Fish underscore Fisher, and then the number four, F-I-S-H-E-R, and the number four. He's doing quite well. They're tennis handicapping. A lot of games going on, obviously, with Wimbledon heating up. A lot of interesting plays, and he's been doing well. And for Major League Baseball, Blake LaWatch runs our gaming division, or our um, wagering division, pardon me, and he's been doing fantastic. Blake is actually up 17 and a half units already on Major League Baseball. He loves it to play a lot of first five angles, which are kind of unique. You don't get a lot of that out there. So some different angles and really knows his stuff in baseball. So I suggest tailing him uh, or following him on Twitter. It's Blake LaWatch. So all one word, B-L-A-K-E-L-A-W-A-T-C-H. Been doing really well in baseball. And like I said, it has some unique angles in first five. So someone which makes some interesting plays or different plays that you're not going to get in most other places. And... In general, we are blowing up here at Ethos Fantasy. A lot of stuff going on, and you can find more fantasy information on baseball and football if you follow us on Twitter, at Ethos Fantasy BB for baseball, at Ethos Fantasy FB for football. I know they're fantasy sports related, but they also get a lot of good information. You also get a lot of good information regarding MLB and some wagering. So I think it's worth following. We have podcasts for both fantasy football and fantasy 
uh, baseball. Obviously, we've got this podcast. We've got Litany. Like I said, a lot of other podcasts, whether it's team-specific in basketball or NBA in general, you can find a lot of information. So go to our website, sportsethos.com, and scroll through some articles, some podcasts, and some packages that we have. Now, let's get on to the baseball card, a big 15-game card as we head into the July 4th weekend. Some interesting series on the go already and some others starting up. We start with our first game. We have the Red Sox are in Chicago to play the Cubs and lefty Rich Hill on the mound. And you get righty Adrian Sampson for the Cubbies. You can get the Red Sox at minus 150. The Cubs plus 130. Total here is eight. You can get the Red Sox at plus 110 on the run line. Hill comes in with a 4.09 ERA, 1.27 whip in 66 innings, 19 walks, 55 strikeouts. Doing his Rich Hill kind of thing, not striking out as many guys as he used to earlier in his career. Um, but a very good, been a very good serviceable pitcher uh, for the Red Sox as their surge continues. Samson, on the other hand, only has 10 two-thirds innings, so not a lot to go on. 1.69 ERA, 0.84 whip. Two walks and 10 strikeouts. Two small sample size. I actually like Hill here in the Red Sox, but at minus uh, 150, it's kind of a stay away for me. You never know when you get in Chicago. Um, and as well as I said, Hill's done a decent job this year. He can be inconsistent. So this game's a stay away for me. Next game, 307 in the East, has Tampa continuing their series in Toronto with the Jays. You can get righty Corey Kluber on the hill for Tampa and Jose Barrios, the righty on the hill for the Jays. Jays open as 145 favorites. You can get Tampa in the money line at plus 125. Total here is nine. I would lean to the Jays, just a little bit steeper price. Uh, Barrios has been hot and cold and as, as hot and cold as any pitcher this year. Comes in with 78 in the third innings, 5.86 ERA, terrible. 1.39 whip, terrible. 20 walks, too many walks, 64 strikeouts, so the thing with him, though, is on the road, he's been gone awful, and at home, he's been decent. He's also had two or three huge blow-up games, including his last one out. So those numbers are inflated. I don't think he's – he's not pitching that poorly, uh, but those numbers are inflated by a few really bad outings. Cooper, on the other hand, has had a good resurgence from Tampa Bay. 73 innings, 3.45 ERA, 1.08 whipped, 11 walks, and 66 strikeouts. However – Tampa's bats versus Toronto's bats aren't really even close the way these two teams have been hitting lately. So I lean to Barrios being able to have a good game at home, and I lean to the Jays' bats being able to get to Kluber more than Tampa's bats uh, going the other way. However, at 145 on the Jays, it's a little steep. So this game's also a stay away from me. Third game of the day is in Washington, 605 in the East, and you get the Miami Marlins behind their lefty Trevor Rogers going against the Nats and their young ready Josiah Gray. You can get Washington, or pardon me, uh, Miami plus 115 in the money line. You can get the Nats at minus 135. Total here is nine. You can get the Nats at minus one and a half in the run line at plus 155. I'm actually going to be on Josiah Gray. Got this game a little earlier at minus 130. Uh, I don't obviously uh, don't feel a lot of comfort backing Washington, but Trevor Rogers has just been terrible this year. Uh, his numbers in 63 innings, 5.86 ERA, 1.63 whip, 31 walks. So almost a, half, almost a half a walk inning, 58 strikeouts. Versus Josiah Gray, 75 in the third innings, 3.82 ERA, 1.21 whip, 33 walks, so a few too many there, and 82 strikeouts, more than a strikeout in inning. However, he's pitched even better lately. When I look at his last few games, uh, he has given up two earned runs or less in two, four, five, 
all five, his last five games, he's basically given up two run runs against Texas in the last start, shut the Phillies out over six innings, shut Miami out over six innings, gave up one earned run to Cincinnati over six, and one earned run to Colorado over five. So he's turned things around, getting some strikeouts, obviously, pitching well. Um, don't really love either lineup here, although the Nats tend to hit a bit better against lefties. Versus lefties, Washington is hitting uh, as an average of 256, which is ninth best in the league in Major League Baseball. On base percentage of 327, also ninth best. They don't their slugging's down to uh, 23rd at 371, so not hitting for a lot of power against lefties. Uh, however, they are hitting them at a at a decent clip, and Rogers has just been giving up way way too many um, hits and too many walks. Like I said, they've given up 31 walks in his 72 innings, just 58 strikeouts. He's been hit around a fair bit recently. In his last five games against the Mets, he gave up three earned runs against the Mets. Again, he gave up three earned runs uh, against Philly in three and two-thirds inning, four earned runs against against these same Washington Nationals. Five innings, six hits, two earned runs, a walk, five strikeouts. So a decent line there. Prior to that, at Colorado, three and two-thirds, five earned runs. Prior to that, at Atlanta, five uh, innings, three earned runs. And also at Atlanta before that, four innings and five earned runs. So uh, he's been struggling this year, and I don't necessarily see that changing today. Uh, don't necessarily love back, backing the Nats, but I think Gray is pitching well. Rogers is not. And at minus 130, happy to back the Nats here. I'm going to take a quick break and hit the rest of the games when we come back. All right, on to the rest of the games. We have... Six of five in the East. St. Louis Cardinals are in Philly. And you get Miles Mikolas on the hill for the Cards, the righty, versus Bailey Falter, the young lefty for Philly. Cards come in minus 140. Favorites, you can get them minus uh, on the run line at minus one half, plus 115. At Falter in the Phillies, you can get the home Phillies at plus 120. Total here is nine and a half. And I'm actually on St. Louis. If you can get it a little better than 140, shop around. But Mikolas has pitched really well. And although Falter is a good pitcher, he's a lefty, and St. Louis hits lefties really well. This year, against lefties, the Cards are hitting 271 average, fourth in majors, 339 on base, fifth in majors, and 443 slugging, sixth in the majors. So they're hitting lefties well. Falter's a young kid, only 20 innings pitched this year, 4.5 ERA, 1.4 whip, six walks, and 13 strikeouts. So not really mowing guys down. Um, but the flip side is Miklos has pitched really well. I think he's outperforming his numbers, but he has pitched not, not his numbers. His numbers are outperforming how good he is. 94 and two thirds inning, 2.57 ERA, 0.96 whip, 19 walks and 78 strikeouts. So not getting a ton of strikeouts. However, he has pitched well. He has pitched consistently. Hate going against the Phillies at home, but I just think Miklos has done well. And the Phillies against lefties, especially young lefty, uh, traditionally, do, or pardon me, the cards against lefties traditionally do well. And this year they've been doing quite well. So I'm actually going to be on St. Louis's money line 140. If I get minus 140, if I get a little cheaper, I will. I'm going to shop that around a little. Next game, 640 in the East. We have the Braves in Cincinnati. The Braves throw their ace lefty, Max Fried. And Mike Miner, the lefty, goes to the bump for the Reds. You can get the Braves at minus 280. The Reds at plus 230. Total here, nine and a half. And you can get the Braves on the run line at minus 160. None of these numbers make No, they make sense. None of these numbers I can get to. Minus 280 is just way too much for a game in Cincinnati. 
you know, if the red, if minor can actually show up and pitch decent and the reds pop and get some balls in the air, maybe hit a couple home runs. All of a sudden it's a whole new game. I don't expect that to happen. I think Atlanta wins probably wins easy, but even on the run line at minus one sixty, I can't be behind that. So I'm going to pass on this game. Going to, it's a stay away from me. Seven five and East with the Brewers in Pittsburgh to face the Pirates. Milwaukee's ace, righty Corbin Burns is on the hill, and Pittsburgh's young up and coming star, righty Ronzi Contreras, is on the hill for them. You can get Burns at minus two hundred on the run line at minus one fifteen. You can get the Pirates at plus one seventy. Total here is seven and a half, so obviously a pitcher's duel is expected. Corbin Burns, 93 and a third innings, 2.41 ERA, 0.92 whip. 21 walks, 119 strikeouts. So he's doing his Corbin Burns things. Only a 6-4 and four record, but uh, I think that's because the Brewers' bats have let him down in a few games. Contreras, on the other hand, doing well for a young guy. 42 and a third innings, 2.76 ERA, 1.35 whip, 19 walks. So a few too many walks and 42 strikeouts. He has pitched better lately. Started in the bullpen. I think this is going to be a good game. Uh, I was looking to the first five under. But it's a pretty low number. I might jump on this, but the first five under is three and a half. Uh, I see a plus 100. I might get on that one because I think Burns can completely shut down Pittsburgh. And if Contreras can do well, Milwaukee's bats haven't been super hot lately. So if he can shut them down for a few innings, we're looking at that under. So I'm looking at the under three and a half. If it were four, I'd like it a little more, but then it's going to be juiced to minus 130, minus 140. So right now I see a minus, uh, under three and a half first uh, five innings at plus 100. That's probably the play here because the other numbers are just too far out of whack for me. Next game is in Detroit where we get Kansas City. And I'm not sure who's on the hill for the Tigers. I see Michael Pineda now. See, Brad Keller is definitely on the hill for uh, the righty for Kansas City. Now I'm seeing Michael Pineda, the righty for Detroit. And... Just trying to hit refresh. Not sure if it's going to update anything, but I had the Tigers slight favorites at minus 115. And still to be determined on the site I'm looking at. So uh, I've got the Tigers at 115 favorite. You can get the Royals at minus 105. Total here is eight. And you can get the Tigers run line at plus 170. Pineda is pitching. I think I'm actually going to be on the Tigers in this game, which I hate to say because I'm not sure I've backed them at all this year. Uh, he's coming back from injury, 22, but I think he got a ball to the face. So it was not an arm injury, not a leg injury. So I hope he's all right, but that's a, uh, I guess if you're going to get an injury as a pitcher, that's the best kind to have. As silly as that sounds. 22 and a third innings for Pineda, 3.22 ERA, 1.07 uh, whip, four walks, 12 strikeouts. Not striking out guys as much as he has historically, but 22 and a third is way too small sample size. Keller, on the other hand, has been doing his Brad Keller things. Two and nine record, 79 innings. 4.56 ERA, 1.34 whip, 26 walks, 51 strikeouts. I just don't uh, – not a fan of Brad Keller from a wagering or fantasy point of view, and I can't really see him doing much tonight. However, Detroit's bats have been so bad this year. Kansas City hasn't been much better. Hard to back either team here, although I'd probably – again, if Pineda's on the hill, and I see this just kind of as I'm doing the show, it's popped up. He's on the, he's on the hill for the Tigers. I'm actually going to back them probably at minus 115. I'm going to shop around, see if I can get a little better price. Total here is eight. With two bad pitchers, you think they might be able to get above that, but two bad offenses, which way do you go? Uh, probably stay away from me. It's juiced to minus 120 on the over. You can get the even under eight at plus 100. And not going to touch the Tigers' run line, even as juicy as plus 170. Next game of the night has the New York the New York Yankees in Cleveland to face the Guardians. Ace, although he hasn't been their ace this year, but he's been pitching pretty well. 
uh, Garrett Cole on the hill for the Yanks and Aaron Savali, who has not been pitching well on the hill for Cleveland. You can get the Road Yanks minus 225, the Home Guardians at plus 185. Total here is eight, and you can get the Yankees on the run line at minus 130. Cole comes in 87 to third innings, 2.99 ERA, 1.01 whip, 23 walks, 111 strikeouts, having a great year. Started a little cold, uh, but has been having a great year. Typical Cole. Aaron Zavala, on the other hand, 2-4, and four, uh, 40 innings, 7.2 ERA, 1.6 whip. Those are terrible numbers. 13 walks and 39 strikeouts. So he's striking out a batter per inning, not walking a ton, but obviously giving up way too much contact. And you don't want to be doing that facing the Yankees. So I like the Yankees to win. I just can't get there. Even on the run line at minus 1.5, um, at minus 130, that's a little much. Total here is 8. You know, I could see the Yanks going – getting five, six runs. The Yanks might get eight on their own, but I could also see Cleveland getting completely shut down. Uh, they've been hitting, they were hitting all right earlier, but they seem to have gone into a little cold spell. So can't really back then to put up many runs against, um, against Cole and the Yankees. Next game is a game uh, that I think is interesting, but I can't find a number on either. Uh, or I, I, I can't find a way to get to a number. The Rangers are in New York to take on the Mets. You get ready Glenn Otto on the hill for the Rangers and ready Chris Bassett on the hill for the Mets. Rangers are plus 155 in the money line. Home Mets minus 175. Total here is nine. You can get the Mets at plus 115 on the run line. And Otto comes in kind of up and down this year. A couple starts and he looks decent and then he gives it back up. So we're not really sure what to expect. And his numbers kind of show uh, not to back him. 42 and a third innings, 5.31 ERA, 1.51 whip. He's giving one, giving up one and a half base runners per inning. 26 walks, way too many walks, and 34 strikeouts, not getting a ton of whiffs. So putting a lot of guys on, pitching the contact, not a good recipe. The Mets, on the other hand, Bassett comes in two-thirds inning, 4.01 ERA, 1.15 whip, 26 walks, and 95 strikeouts. He's been doing well. Had a little bit of an injury. Uh well, I'm seeing Bassett on one screen and Peterson on the other. If Bassett is pitching um, versus Otto, actually Peterson's pitching. Bassett's pitching against Otto. I'm, I could definitely be on the run line there. Uh, I see the Mets winning, but I can't lay 175, so I can see them winning by two. So I might back the run line at plus 115. If it's Peterson, I'll probably stay away from me. Next game is in Colorado, and we have Arizona. Just trying to pull this up on my screen. Yeah, we have Merrill Kelly and the Diamondbacks. You can get them in the road at plus 100. Antonio Sensatella and the Rockies at home, minus 120. Total here, typical Colorado uh, total at home, 11.5. And, and you can get the home Rockies at plus 150 on the run line. I'm actually leaning towards Colorado. I haven't pulled the trigger yet on this one. Um, Sensatella always pitches better at home. His numbers this year do not compare to Merrill Kelly's, but he's Pitched better lately. He always pitches better at home. And Merrill Kelly started out pretty well, uh, but he's really cooled down. The offense is straight up. Arizona's a better offense than Colorado. But again, Colorado hits really well at home. So uh, we get Kelly 84, 84 innings on the season, 3.64 ERA, 1.30 whip, 30 walks, 70 strikeouts versus Sensatella. His numbers do not look good. 58 innings, 4.66 ERA, 1.78 whip. 14 walks, 33 strikeouts. However, like I said, he has pitched a little better lately. Just trying to pull up his recent game logs. And uh, where are we here? There we go. D-backs and Rockies. And Sensatella's last outing at Minnesota, he got hit pretty hard. Five innings, uh, gave up four earned runs. Part of that against San Diego, 
at home, six innings, six hits, one earned run. That's pretty impressive at home. Before that, against Cleveland at home, six innings, three earned runs, eight hits, a walk, and four strikeouts. Uh, at, at the Giants for that six innings, six hits, one earned run. So he's pitched a little better lately in two games at home against San Diego and Cleveland. Those are pretty impressive numbers. Uh, Merrill Kelly, on the other hand, has kind of been hot and cold. Last last game out against Detroit at home, gave up six innings. Had six innings, he gave up four earned runs. Pitched well against Minnesota, seven innings, one earned run. Prior to that, against Cincinnati at home, six innings, eight hits, five earned runs, two walks, seven strikeouts. So I'm not really willing to back Kelly. Dodgers are perfect at Dodgers. The Rockies hit way better at home. I think I'm going to back Sensatella. If I can get a little better than minus 120, I will. Um, I think they have the ability to beat Arizona. I think they have the ability to get to Kelly. And with Sensatella pitching better at home, I'm willing to back the Rockies here, which is words that rarely come out of my mouth this season. Next game of the night has Baltimore in Minnesota to play the Twins. We get young righty Spencer Watkins on the hill for Baltimore and righty Joe Ryan on the hill for Minnesota. You can get the O's at plus 185 on the money line, the home favored Twins at minus 225. Total here, 9.5. You can get the Twins on the run line at minus 1.5 at minus 110. I like the Twins here. I just don't like them laying 225. They've not been hitting well lately. And Baltimore is coming off their first winning month in five years. They're the only team in baseball that didn't have a winning month over the last five years. Uh, they had a pretty weak schedule in June, but I think they finished two games or one game above 500. So hats off to them. And unfortunately, they're in the toughest division of baseball in the AL East. But they've been playing teams tough all year long and staying in games. So I can't really lay 225 the Twins against them. Joe Ryan, is, he, he comes out with decent numbers, but he struggled lately. 59 innings, 3.2 ERA, 1.12 whip. 17 walks in and 17 walks and 53 strikeouts. But lately, uh, he has not been pitching that well that those numbers indicate. Uh, at home versus Colorado, five innings, eight hits, three earned runs, a walk and a strikeout. Prior to that, at home against Cleveland, six innings, seven hits, three earned runs, a walk, seven strikeouts. At Seattle, four and two thirds, five hits, four earned runs, a walk and three strikeouts. So his last three outings, he's been starting to get hit around a little. Colorado, Cleveland, and Seattle, not exactly a murderer's row, especially Colorado um, at Minnesota. Gave up eight hits, three and runs over five innings. Spencer Watkins, his numbers are just uh, not not really enough, I don't think, this year to get a good handle on him. 35 innings pitch, 5.14 ERA, 1.63 whip, 16 walks, and 18 strikeouts. So he's not having a stellar year himself, um, but I just can't lay 225 with the Twins here, so probably stay away from me. Might look at some team totals here. I think both teams can score runs. The over here is 9.5. I think both teams can get to the opposing pitcher. Um, even if you look at the first five numbers, that may be the over five. Yeah, it's over five in the first five innings. You can get a minus 115. If that were 4.5, I'd certainly be on it, but you're probably going to pay a 140, 145 price at that. So probably stay, definitely stay away from me. Next game of the night is in Houston, where we get the Astros hosting uh, the LA Angels. Now, LA starter comes in with Mike Lorenzen on the hill, and you can get Houston and Christian Javier, both right-handers. LA comes in plus 145 on the money line. The home Astros favorite at minus 165. Total here is eight, and you get the Strohs at plus 125 on the run line. Lorenzen started out well, has hit some road bumps recently. 68 innings, 4.24 area, 1.26 whip, 28 walks, way too many walks in 68 innings, 52 strikeouts. Javier, on the other end, 62 and two-thirds, 
ERA, 1.05 whip, 24 walks, 81 strikeouts. And I just like the way he's pitching. I know the Astros are going to be down Jordan Alvarez uh, for sure, as I think he's in concussion protocol. And the lineup isn't going to be as stacked as usual. But Lorenz has been giving up hits. Javier has been limiting hits lately. So I like the Astros. I don't like them at minus 165. So you might have to look to the run line there. I hate going all these run lines. But I would lean 125 in the run line is a pretty nice price. So I'd lean that way. Not sure I'm going to pull the trigger. In the over eight, I see Javier being able to limit the Astros to two or three runs. Or limit the Angels to two or three runs. So the Astros score four or five against uh, five or six against Lorenzo. Perhaps they, they tend to be playing to the under a fair bit this year. Um, so I can see more of a you know a four one five two victory. So that puts us to the under. So not really sure I want to jump on that. Next game, third last game of the night is in Seattle, where we get what should be an interesting game. A couple swell seller dwellers, but who knows which way this is going to go. Uh, you get the Oakland A's behind their righty James Caprillion, and you get the Mariners behind their veteran lefty Marco Gonzalez. Oakland comes in at plus 160 in the money line. The home M's at minus 180. Total here is eight or on the run line for the M's. You can get them at plus 115. Caprillion has struggled. Doesn't have a win in this season. I think that isn't well. He hasn't been pitching well, but that doesn't help when you have Oakland's offense by him. 0 and 5, 52 innings, 5.88 ERA, 1.44 whip, 25 walks, almost a walk every half inning, uh, or half, uh, walk every two innings. Uh, 36 strikeouts. Gonzalez doing his Marco Gonzalez things, which he's kind of done throughout his career. Four and eight records, not a great record. 81 two thirds innings, 3.31 ERA, 1.31 whip, 31 walks, and 47 strikeouts. So. Still pitching in contact, not striking out guys enough. But he has pitched a little bit better lately, which is why I'm looking at them. But minus 180 is just too steep a price. In Gonzalez's last few outings against the Angels, six innings, two earned runs against Oakland. These Oakland A's, seven innings, seven hits, two earned runs, a walk, and two strikeouts. Against the uh, Mariners, six and two-thirds, one earned run. Against Boston, four and a third, two earned runs. So he hasn't given up more than two. He's given up two earned runs in three of his last four starts, and the other one was only one. Um, so he's been pitching better. But again, he pitches to contact, and I don't know that Oakland's a team that you really fear with the contact. Flip side of that is Caprillion against Kansas City recently, five and a third, three earned runs. Against these Mariners, five and a third, five hits, two earned runs, two walks, seven strikeouts, give up five earned runs and three and two-thirds to Boston prior to that. So he's been kind of up and down all year, more down than up, and he doesn't have the offense to back him up. So I've got to look to the M's, but at minus 180, I don't know I can do that. At minus one and a half uh, on the run line, the thing is they could probably score some runs. So this total of eight is probably reachable. The problem is neither offense has been doing all that well, and Oakland has been god-awful most of the year uh, offensively. So, you know, you could see, again, a 4-3 game, a 5-2 game. Don't know which way this goes. I lean the M's and Gonzalez. I probably lean the over. It's juiced up to minus 120. Uh, and at 115 on the run line for the M's, not a lot of value there. If that were like a 125, maybe. But at 115, not sure I can get on that. Second last game day, which could be a pitcher's duel or it could not be a pitcher's duel. And that's what you get when you get Blake Snell on the hill, the lefty for San Diego at the Dodgers and Tony Gonsolin, the righty. You can get Snell and the Padres at plus 155. You can get the home Dodgers at minus 175. Total here is seven and a half, so market's expecting a pitcher's duel. And you can get the Dodgers at plus 120 on the run line. 
Now, the Dodgers are behind Tony Gonsolin, perfect 9-0, been pitching fantastic, 74 innings, doesn't tend to go too deep in games, kind of a six-plus inning guy, but he's been doing a great job. 1.5 ADRA, 0.85 whip, 23 walks, 69 strikeouts. Snell, on the other hand, 35 in the third innings, he was hurt for a good chunk, but he's 0-5, 5.6 ERA, 1.44 whip, 19 walks, and 38 strikeouts. So he's been struggling. Tends to pitch better at home. And if I look up his more recent games, um, well, at Colorado, his last game was at home against Philly, five and two thirds inning, four earned runs. At Colorado, four and two thirds, five runs, four earned. A little tough there. First Colorado at home, six innings, two earned runs. Mets at home, four innings, four earned runs. At St. Louis, six innings, two earned runs. At Milwaukee, five and a third, three earned runs. At four, sorry, versus at home versus Milwaukee. At Philly, Three and two thirds, three and runs. So he's given up basically four earned runs in his last three of his last four starts, and he's given up more than three earned runs in five of his last seven starts. And these are not the Dodgers that he's going against either. So I can't really back him. Gonsolin's been fantastic. He's given up. He's given up in his last what seven starts here: two earned runs twice, one earned run three times, and zero earned runs twice. Pitching. Basically, anywhere from, well, he had one five-inning outing against St. Louis, but he doesn't go more than six innings. He hasn't gone more than six innings once in his last uh, seven starts. So I like him, but not minus 175. That's just too much to pay. Maybe the maybe the uh, the run line at plus 120, because I think the Dodgers win. I think the Dodgers get the snow. Um, maybe even the Dodgers team total. Uh, if I look that up, when we're getting the team totals for the Dodgers, it's probably going to be, you know, over three and a half and minus 150. You can get over five, over four and a half at plus 120. It's probably a number I like. The thing is, with Snell, as bad as he's been, he does have the ability to obviously pitch very good games. I don't see it coming, um, but he has he does have the ability to throw up a, a, a good game. So the Dodgers get to him for over three and a half and minus 150. That's too st- steep a price. So if I can get four at maybe minus 110, minus 115, something. Four and a half at plus 120 is probably not a bad price either for the Dodgers team total. Last game of the night is in San Francisco where we have Lance Lynn and the White Sox going against Alex Cobb and the Giants. You can get the White Sox at plus 130 in the money line, the home Giants minus 150. Total here is seven and a half, so pitchers do expected. You can get the run line for the Giants at plus 145. I don't think this is the pitcher's duel that people are expecting or the market's expecting. I think this is more of a commentary on the offenses that are struggling. Because Lance Lynn comes in, coming back from injury, too hard to read much into these numbers. 16 innings pitched, 6.19 ERA, 1.44 whip, 3 walks, 17 strikeouts. That ERA and whip, is those are not Lance Lynn numbers. And he's probably still kind of in spring training mode. Um, but he hasn't looked good. And for Alex Cobb, on the flip side of that, 3-3, three and three, 46 innings pitch, 5.48 ERA, 1.46 whip, 14 walk, walks, and 53 strikeouts. So he's not walking too many guys, and he's striking out a lot, but he's obviously giving up too much contact. And in San Francisco, a bit of a pitcher's park, but two guys that are struggling. I think this is just with a total of 7.5. I think this is just a commentary on two offenses that are struggling, too. The White Sox just do not hit righties well. So I'm not really sure which way to go here. Uh, there's probably some value on Lance Lynn at plus 130. Um, you know, can can the Sox get to Cobb? Sure. But can to the Giants get the Lynn? Sure, because he hasn't pitched that well. I think he's going to break out of it. I don't know that he's going to be the ace he was. 
the rest of the way. Um, but at plus 130, there might be some value there in the Sox. And even the over 7.5, these guys are not pitching well in San Francisco. I could see some runs being scored. Uh, just question is hard to say how many. So that wraps up the 15 games. Not a lot of plays for me. I do like the Nationals money line of minus 130. I do like St. Louis money line of minus 140. I like Houston. Uh, their price is a little high at minus 165, so I might look to the run line at plus 125. And not a lot of other definite plays there. I'm going to watch this uh, board closer to game time, maybe pull some, pull some games then. But should be some interesting battles for sure. And I do like that Milwaukee-Pittsburgh pitching matchup. Burns against Contreras, uh, this, the established ace of Milwaukee versus the up-and-coming ace of Pittsburgh. So I think that'll be an interesting game. Not a lot of run score, but should be a good pitcher's battle. So before I go, though, I do want to remind you of a couple partners we have here. One is Manscaped. And if you haven't already, go to manscaped.com. When you sign up, use the coupon code HOOPBALL20. That's HOOPBALL20 for 20% off your orders and free shipping. And mybookie.ag. Use the code uh, hoop on the third page of sign up to unlock deposit deposit match bonuses there. And like I started with, there's a couple guys. If you're not already on these guys, if you're a tennis fan, you want to follow Wimbledon, get some uh, wagers in, you have to follow fish underscore Fisher and the number four fish Fisher four. He's our handicapper for tennis. And Blake Lawatch has been on fire for us, as I said earlier in the year, up 17 and a half units in Major League Baseball already. It's on Twitter. He's at Blake L A W. A-T-C-H. Check him out. Lots of good input. Lots of good comments from him. And if you're part of our wagering group, you can get all of his plays in our wager pass every day. So, hope you enjoyed the show. Happy Canada Day to to our Canadian listeners. Happy July 4th uh, in a few days to those south of the border. Hope everybody has some games they're enjoying tonight. Some profitable wagers. And we will talk to you soon. 